So, Laura, I was thinking, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Mm. Maybe the wickedness of this world, a trial, sin, evil. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? You know, there's a lot of overwhelming circumstances going on in the world today. And even personally, as women, we, we carry a lot. And I think of that word you used, overwhelmed. And immediately, my soul goes to the Psalms. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Episode 7, Promises Podcast. Join us. So what do you do when you're overwhelmed? The other day I was on Facebook and Victor Marks had a post Mm -hmm. and it was a post of over a hundred empty strollers. Oh my word. And oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. Um, (sighs) And the strollers represented babies that had been killed from Russia entering the Ukraine. Mm. And my heart just ached. Yes. And it's like, what do you do when it's evil nonstop? And it's not just, you know, that, that what's going on in the Ukraine, right. the Christians in China, uh, Nigeria, Nepal, um, the, the evil that we see yes. um, m- maybe within our own governments here and, mm-hmm. and just we, become, we can become overwhelmed. And so as I read through the Psalms, you mentioned Psalms, it just encourages my heart. And so the other day um, I read Psalm 61. I'm just going to read the first four verses, but it says, Oh God, listen to my cry. Mm. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety. Yes, Lord. For you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach Mm. me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. And it's like, we can take this verse apart. You know, we so can. Please, God, hear me. Listen to my cry. Listen to my prayers. I'm overwhelmed. Shelter me. Mm. Envelope me. Comfort me. Mm -hmm. You know? Surround me. Yes. You know, be a fortress where I can't be reached by um, the evil, the evil of this world. Yes. Um, But uh, may I be safe in the shelter of your wings. Like we can turn this into prayers. Yes. And in my notes, I have prayer for the oppressed people of the world, Mm. um, for the Ukraine, China, Afghanistan, Nepal, for the poor, for the downtrodden, for the trafficked. Oh my right? gosh, yes, yes. And, and 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 for me, I know there's so many overwhelming circumstances today. And um, you know, we had talked about talking about preparation and celebration of Easter and the resurrection. Yes. And if not for Jesus, I would have no hope. That's right. Absolutely. And in fact, I received an email from a client recently, and you know, of course, keeping all everything confidential, but I'll just summarize. She said Evil wins. Mm. Checkmate. She actually typed checkmate. Oh. Evil wins. Um, I have no hope. Oh, how And she's a believer. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, I all caps, wrong. That's not true. You have to preach truth to yourself. Yes. And so sometimes when I get these type of emails or texts that are very like David, the wicked prosper, Lord, they're advancing, the enemy's winning. Um, we resonate with David. Or Job, right. you know, I mean, his friends are giving him this bad advice. His wife says, curse God and die. Right. You know, all, all yes. of that, everything's going against me, right? Like Jacob said. And But when we go to the Psalms and we go to the shelter of who he is, that's why I think for millennia, for however many years, Psalm 23, mm, the Lord is my, my shepherd. shepherd, I shall not want. And I think it's so good because we often teach that to children. 
Mm-hmm. So they learn it as you know, little niños, and as you become grown-up niños, you cling to Psalm 23. I mean, I've prayed that over people that are in literal valleys of shadow of death. You know, I mean, I don't know who's all watching today, and don't forget to like and subscribe. We love that you join in and you're participating with us and commenting. We want to hear everything you have to say. But when our beloved Edwin was mm-hmm. going home to heaven, I was home with Isaac, but Chuck went to the hospital. I know you were there. Mm-hmm. And you FaceTimed, or he FaceTimed the church, right. and you prayed with him, and you talked with yeah. him, and you, you in a way, Pastor Joe, of course, shepherded him through that valley. Hmm. You know, he knew where he was going, but that didn't make it easy. No, not easy. I think we can despair. We, we can, can despair. Lose, lose hope, but so right in saying we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord because there's always that transitional but part. Mm, like here is my so sorrow. True. Here is my yes. pain. Here is the situation of the world. It's a mess. Yes. It's awful right. what's going on all throughout the world. And it can be um, despairing, overwhelming, discouraging, and we can become downtrodden. But we look unto Jesus and we know the end. And That's the right. end is eternity with Him. Yes. Even if it's mucky right now, right? You know, um, it also led me to Psalm seventy-two, and this scripture I have highlighted, and I wrote Jesus because this is mm, Jesus, and mm-hmm. we need to remind ourselves who Jesus yes. is—that God is still on the throne, that He is Victor, that He rules and reigns. He and hasn't moved. He has not moved, <laughs> even though it's showering. Right? Mm, um, it says yes. He will rescue the poor when they cry to Him. Oh, I he will that. help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and the needy, yes. and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious to him. And so when I read, and I wrote Jesus over this, right? Because <laughs> yes. that's Jesus. When I read this for me, I can begin to pray, Lord, be with the, rescue the poor. Mm. Rescue them, Lord. They might not know you. They might not know to cry out to you, but I can cry out. For them yes. on their behalf. Yes. To you, I can make my cries. And you know, I love that because I think as praying women, as praying people of God, we want to pray for our loved ones, for our pastor, for our church, for the church in America. But what about for those people in Ukraine that aren't Christian? Guess what? We pray for them too. Yes. And you just reminded us of that. And we need to do that. We're praying for all of them. You know, I think of uh, John three sixteen: for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son for the whole world. Right. Right. The people in Uganda, the people in Afghanistan, the people that are the Muslim right. nations, the Hindus, those that think women are are, are worthy of, of of just stomping on them or or babies, you know, oh, it's a girl. Guess what? Abortion time. Right. People that we just we can't take it, but we still pray for them. And we do, and I think of the legislatures, right? What's going on in Maryland? Twenty-eight days up to twenty eighteen, oh, no. basically, I can't. I can't infanticide is no, will become legalized. It. One, we I should, know. anger should right. rise up, yes. but it should grieve us. And right. we need to pray for those legislators because they are lost. That's right. And this evil and wickedness is running rampant, right? Yes. And that we would be lights in the darkness and that mm-hmm. we would share and that we would pray and that we would pray for them because they are, their lives are precious to the Lord. That's and right. right here, for their lives are precious. They cannot speak for themselves, but we can go to the throne on their behalf. And you know, for those of us that track along on the one-year Bible, John the Baptist, Mm. he wept in his mama's womb when Mary entered the room. So Jesus is in Mary's womb and John is in 
Uh, Elizabeth's womb, right. and he leapt, and I'm thinking he's praising, praising the, the Lord, Lord from the womb. And That's right. I mean, for those of you that have had babies, or even dads, you've touched that. You saw that foot. I mean, I've seen pictures where it literally looks like a foot or yeah. a hand or your elbow. You go, what is that sharp object poking me in the womb? That baby is alive, right? That baby is alive as ever. You know, and even. When your children are born out of the womb, you think, yep, this child was doing somersaults in there, and then they later become a soccer player. Or this child, you know, like Olivia, she was born one day before her due date. She's the most prompt girl ever. You know, we see attributes of our kids grown Mm -hmm. that we could remember, even when they were in the womb. And so I think that, yes, rage, anger, I, I can't even think of the right adjectives, just utter utter vileness writhes within you because you think that's a baby, that's a child, you know? And I was thinking, why do they call it Planned Parenthood? It should be called abortion, right? They don't don't call it that because Satan loves to rebrand. Yes, he does. We're not going to call it the abortion clinic because that little girl that was raised in the church and she knows abortions are wrong. Planned Parenthood, oh, I'm planning what I want to do with my life. That's not bad. I'm going to decide to be a parent when I want. That's not bad. Here I go. You know what I'm saying? I do. It's the deceptiveness of words, how we have to call things what they are. We have to live in truth in a world dominated by lies, right? And deception, where we have to say, no, um, the Lord formed that baby in the womb. Mm -hmm. That's right. That is his creation. Yes. We are not to touch that right. creation. It is, right. um, you know, sacred and set apart for God has numbered that child's days. You know, a lot of people hate spiders, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who the wife was the designated spider, spider killer. killer in the home because her husband just was like, nope, here's a fly swatter or a napkin with Windex on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I heard a story that Pastor Chuck Smith would not kill spiders. Mm. He would somehow, some way, scoop it up and take it outside. And I thought, you know, that is so precious because he's thinking this is life. I mean, mm. I've, I've killed many a spiders. I'm not like yeah. Papa Chuck. But I'm just saying it's that reverence for life from the tiniest ant to the spider, which, you know, many of us don't like them. And they have their value, right? I mean, they kill flies and yucky other sure. insects. But I just, I think if if we as humans can value a dog, mm. a cat, a spider, how could we not value those lives and stand up for them, you know? You know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I was reading through, I am I want to read through the Gospels in a month, right? So mm. if you read four chapters a day, you can read through the Gospels in one month and you can um, read the crucifixion story four, four times, times which is in great. a compacted amount of time mm-hmm. only in a month and that's the reason I want to do it because I want to just you know drive with the Lord and, and see what he did and what he said and how he and responded have those descriptors because the more yes. you read something the more vivid it comes and as Diane's turning there don't forget to like and subscribe and share this with your friends and we just want you to participate we want to get this into other people's hands you know as you were talking about the value and you were even saying you know human life and the value of life and and even the spider it reminds you the story of jesus you know the pharisees and scribes were so evil and wicked and Mm -hmm. i thought why were they so evil and wicked Mm -hmm. and i thought about it and it's like if we seek to obey rules and regulations on our own Mm -hmm. we become Mm -hmm. arrogant right? True. I can obey. Yes. I've done this. I measure up. I followed all the rules. I followed all yeah. the rules. And we become arrogant. But then when we become arrogant, we become calloused. 
and such we, a good point. And we don't care for other people because they haven't done as well as I have. We put ourselves on our own pedestals wow. and we become so, so evil and wicked. And I think that- And of, it's pride. It is pride. And, and, and so Jesus heals on the Sabbath, but the, fr- the scribes and the Pharisees, they wanted to see what Jesus would do. So they have a man in the synagogue and he has a, a deformed hand. And the Pharisees look at Jesus. And do you just see their evil intent, right? Does yes. the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? And you could just hear the, the they want to catch him. And, and they were hoping he would say yes so that they could bring charges against them. Mm-hmm. But here is a man with a deformed hand. And then, you know, he answers. And they don't even see that. They don't even see that. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an object that he, they can use to trap Jesus. A tool. A tool. And it's so tragical. But Jesus is so amazing. And this is why I encourage you to read, read the, the Gospels. gospels. <laughs> um, and he goes like this. And he's so, he's so real and so true. Poignant. And so, yes. If you had a sheep that fell mm. into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep. Wow. Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. And there's so much here, right? Right. And it's like, for me, it's like one, this man with a withered hand He's used as a tool, as an object mm-hmm. to, to trap Jesus. And Jesus is on it. Okay? <laughs> I know he I created them. He knows their hearts. And he's like, yes. look, would you, you know, if your sheep fell into what will help them and save right. your sheep? Of course you would. Of course it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Yes. And so then in front of them, he just heals that hand. And, and then they plotted to kill him. Because they knew they could not stop him. Right. They knew his power and his authority and how amazing it was. And I thought, you know, the original cancel culture. Yes. Yes. Right? So true. You're Gosh, not walking so our line, yeah. Jesus. We're going to silence you. Hey, Diane, how about you define female for me? Female. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the beginning, God created man and woman. That's right. what he says. Biologically. Men and there are yes. women. Yes. That's it. And he chooses. We don't choose, mm, that's so but good. this is the world that we're living in. Right. He chooses. Now, let me back up and say, that doesn't mean that you don't have conflict or disagree with his choice. That doesn't mean that you don't have to wrestle God's sovereignty through and him deciding to make you a female or a male. Or even wrestle if you it. think about marriage and singleness, widowhood and long-term marriage, you know, mm-hmm. should I stay here in California? Should I move abroad? I mean, we wrestle with a lot of things. I mean, obviously the gender issue is, is a bigger issue than should I live in California or not. But I'm just saying all of life is wrestling, isn't it? Yes. And we, we have wrestle. to wrestle through. But yes. here's the thing. Is God's word God's word? Yes. Is it true or is it not? If it's true and I come into conflict with whatever is being spoken or said, then I'm wrong. That's right. And I have to ask God to transform me, to conform me, to change me into what his word says. And I've heard people say, and this is just a huge um, evangelistic uh, reasoning debate on Jonah. Uh-huh. How could a whale swallow a man and him survive for three days? I mean, there's just, I, I'm not encouraging you to Google it, but if you show, so choose, I'm sure there's just a, a whole ton right. of people debating how this is, why the Bible isn't real, why Jesus never came, because a man can't live in the belly of a whale. You've sure. heard these arguments before, right? And it's the thing is, like you said, if the Bible is true, it's true. And I, I don't even recall where I heard this. It might have been in a um, 
apologetics teaching or something, but it said that in, in many cultures, in almost all cultures, there's a Jonah Truth, story, a Jonah story mm-hmm. and a Jonah account. And I mean, we've seen, you've seen orcas and they cut it open and there's like a giant mammal nearly mm-hmm. alive in it. I mean, these beasts are huge, right. massive. And God's word said it kept him alive. If he could create the universe in seven days, surely he could keep a prophet alive, a, a, you know, a running prophet alive in the valley of the well. And so I think that it's a, it's a smokescreen. It's a smokescreen thing that people say because guess what? Nazareth, the historians will agree there was a Nazareth. They will agree there was a man named Jesus. They will agree the tomb is empty. Read the studies of, you know, the writings of Josephus. Talks a ton about Jesus. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It's historically accurate, accurate. but they just don't want the conviction that Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, or I'm not. Right. You can't, there's no middle ground with Jesus. And just like this illustration from the gospel with the man with the withered hand, you either for him or you're against him. You either say God is a miracle working God or he's not. And it's up for you to choose, but God is still God, irrespective of your choice. Irrespective of my choice. <laughs> I think either he's the God of the impossible or he's not. That's right. Yes. And for me, you know, a lot of people want a scientific explanation or want yes, to be able to yes. explain, but he's either God or he's not. Right. And what kind of God would he be if I could understand him completely? Right. I can't even understand the stars and the galaxies and a black hole and DNA and, you know, the helix and what's right. under a microscope. You know, my girlfriend said, God is the God under the microscope and the telescope. And I said, yes, yes. that's exactly right. Cause he's the infinite God. So far beyond us, but so we far. want to be able to understand him and we know him completely, put him in, put him in, in a our box, tidy box. And, but then I'm God and he's not. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I I'm not God. I brought him down to size and, and, Manageable. And that's what they wanted to do. We keep the Ten Commandments. We follow the Mosaic Law. We follow these man-made traditions. We're little gods. I never thought of it that way, but that's true. They were trying to set up, we're the Pharisees. We're the Sadducees. We're the, you know, fill in the blank. And so we're superior. It it, it brings this aura of excellence. And they when got you're a it so follower, wrong. They got it so, so wrong. No because, compassion. And that wasn't the heart at all. And right. that's when the Lord, I love how Jesus does that. He always makes where the heart is. That's the issue. Yes. And their heart was, you know, you didn't value people. Like, of course, it's lawful to do good. Mm-hmm. It's always lawful to do yes. good. You would save a sheep. How right. much more valuable this man. Or you know what? It's not, Jesus doesn't say this, but what about a child? Mm. What if your two-year-old fell in the well? Can't work on the Sabbath. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? They're just, they're trying to craft their own rules so they can look good. Oh, don't lift a finger. I mean, I've never been to Israel. I know my mom mentioned, and I've heard this before too, that um, you can't push the elevator button. That's right. So it stops at each floor. Yes. Because that's work. Pushing the and button. And following <laughs> the letter of the law, but missing the heart. Mm, and that's a perfect segue to one of the things we wanted to talk about today, which is preparing our hearts for Easter, mm-hmm. which I love this topic. And so I have heard it said, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this, Diane, that Easter is the Super Bowl Sunday for the Christian. And I remember thinking, okay, you know what? I, I can get that. People spend thousands of dollars. They get decked out in their team colors. You know, even just the commercials are costly. Super Bowl Sunday is an important day for America. But I was reflecting on this and I thought, you know what? Easter's not like Super Bowl Sunday for the Christian. It's more like the World Cup. So I was reflecting this, I'm thinking on this. In 1994, I was in drill team and we performed at the World Cup. 
Whitney Houston was the singer. And on my drill team, we we were we participated in it, right? And there was tons of other dancers. It, it was by invitation only. It was it was so cool. So here we are at the Rose Bowl, and I knew nothing about soccer. I had no idea what a big deal it is. There's thousands of people in their respective country colors, not national or, you know, Steelers versus Bengals or whatever. Their country, Argentina, Colombia, Brazil, they're decked out in their colors. And so you hear the roar of the spectators. You see all these national flags. And when we performed and Whitney Houston comes out, everyone's scream. I mean, it the the sound is just crazy. Rose Bowl, right? So now I think this might sound cheesy or corny. Forgive me. Don't forget to like and subscribe because say, Laura, that was cheesy. <laughs> um, but I love the small world ride at Disneyland. Okay. And my favorite part, it gets me choked up, is the end. Mm. Because they're not wearing their... African garb, their Asian garb, their different Mexican red, white, and green colors, they're all in white. Mm. And they all are decked out in white singing, it's a small world after all. And so that reminds me, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord. Be still and know I am God. We quote that often, be ex- I will be exalted amongst mm-hmm. all the nations, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. From every tongue, tribe, There's nation. that song, How Great Is Our God, right. that that the worship leader sings. And there's one version where different languages yes. start singing uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just makes you weep. Because worship is correct and right no matter the language. It's praising mm-hmm. Yahweh. And so I just think that how exciting it is to have Easter. It's still, I mean, some people call it spring break, but many schools, they that, that's why there's that week off, right? right? And we have Good Friday. I know some employments, I think APU and some other places, they're off on Good Friday. I mean, it's such a special time for us, right? Well, to me, Easter is the greatest day of human history. Mm. The great, without it, we have no hope. Right. You know? Yes. Um, Easter is... Is I cannot even express into words um, how important and vital this day is. Um, and... And so for me, like there, I was trying to think, what is the summation of like Easter? How can I even encapsulate such, I mean, Jesus rose. He had, he bore my sin. He bore your sin, the sin of all humanity. He defeated death and the grave. He rose victorious. There is nothing better than that. There is nothing greater than that. That is why we live. That's why we have hope. And that is our future, right? Yes. And so I was thinking, what verse, and I'm, um, Isaiah, of course, you wrote yes, it down. Isaiah I read, 53. Isaiah mm-hmm. 53. And, and if you think about it, this portion of scripture was written by the prophet Isaiah at a time where it was super difficult. Mm. And it was written 700 years before Jesus was even born. So, but what I love, and I'm going to read it and then I'll, and I'll show you, but um, here we go. It says, uh, I'm going to read the first 12 verses. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? And I'm reading from the translation that I did not want to read from. <laughs> I'm going to go to the, because I'm going to switch. I, that was the NLT. I'm going to jump to the and I, um, uh, New American Standard. Um, just because. The flow. Just Yeah, I just like it better. So forgive me. I'm going to jump. I'm going to switch. It says, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot mm. and like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty Mm. that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He wasn't physically attractive. He was just average, just a person. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Mm -hmm. Surely our griefs himself he bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten Mm, of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And just right there, just pause a second. For he was pierced through for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. The the chastening for my well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, I am healed. Amen. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Isn't that our world? Yes. Each of us has turned to our own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us, of me, to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. And we know when he, before he stood before Pilate, he didn't say a word. Right. He fulfilled this. He fulfilled every mm-hmm. word, like a lamb that is led to a slaughter and like sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men. We know that he was you know, crucified between two thieves, yet he was with a rich man in his death. Mm-hmm. He was in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. Random or, tomb. Yep, mm-hmm. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he was my guilt offering. Yes. He was your guilt yes. offering. thank you, Lord. He will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. And the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result, now here we go. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many. We are justified because of Jesus, as he will bear their iniquities, our iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Isn't that amazing? The very ones that were slaying him, he prayed for. Yes. Like it this is astounding. Is, this that is alone shows he's God. Amazing. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, that prayer, you know, and the, this whole psalm, I mean, Isaiah, it's just so beautiful. And Psalm 22, when we go to communion, you know, why is it important to ready our hearts for Easter? Why is it important to prepare? And I think of communion. Mm-hmm. When we stop and we partake of communion and we have that bread in that cup, you know, literally in our in our hands, and we're reminding ourselves of what we what he did for us, and we often sing songs. And so I've been thinking about hymns and being a worshiper in spirit and truth. And so many beautiful hymns go to um, the cross and right. to the blood. Yes. And so this was actually written in 1990, and you you'll be familiar with it. White as snow, white as snow. Though my sins were as scarlet, Lord, I know that I'm clean and forgiven through the power of your blood. Through the wonder of your love, through faith in you, I know I can be white as snow. Now, if we dial it back a little bit to 1876, Robert Lowry, he wrote Nothing But the Blood That's of Jesus. Song. Yes. Okay. And the backstory of this is that Robert Lowry was a well-known hymn writer, 1876, and he was a Baptist minister and professor at Bucknell University, but he wanted to be a preacher more than a hymn writer. He'd rather preach a sermon than write a hymn, but yet now that's what he's most known for. So I thought of 
Oh, the wonderful cross. Oh, the wonderful cross bids me come and die and find that I may truly live. And all who gather here by grace, draw near and bless your name. So that's Chris Tomlin, 2001. He, he brings the, when I survey the wondrous cross, he brings that hymn and, and, you know, spruces it up modern in a modern way, right? So thinking about hymns and thinking about what you just shared in Isaiah 53, my mind's eye went to Mark. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out mm. to the Mount of Olives, Mark 14, 26. So the Bible says that Jesus sang with his disciples. So I never really geeked out on this verse. What did what did Jesus sing? Why did he right. sing? But I did a little digging and it turns out that a lot of Bible scholars think that he sang Psalm 118 because that was the traditional song to sing during Passover. Passover. Yeah. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And so I thought as an encouragement and exhortation, Jesus sang and so, sh- so should we. Before he was going to be crucified. Yes. That's what's amazing to yes. me. He's going, yes. he's going to approach the cross. He knows what's coming. Right. And he's singing praises. Right, oh, yes. in the midst of what is what he what he goes before, and I love being that pierced, he, yes, 53. being pierced and I, chastised and mocked, the chunks of hair and flesh ripped from his face and his back. I mean, the brutality of the cross, and I mean, MMA ain't got nothing on the cross. Well, Jesus endured so much for us. His own creation did this to him. Yes. Like that is, you know, our sin did it to him. And I think that's what's so amazing. And I love that you have hymns and and it is so important. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Mm. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. (laughs) If you create a playlist, my son has playlists, right? Playlists for working out. Playlists for when he's going to the beach. Playlists for when he's going to study. All these playlists um, for different things, right? And so have a... Blood of Jesus playlist, yes. where every song speaks of the blood of Jesus, and watch what it'll do to your heart and your and your mind and your spirit, and how you will just be praising the Lord for His blood. You'll be lifting Him up, <laughs> yes. and what it does, and not that you do it for what it does for you, but what it does for you and your mindset. Yes, it does. And I think so. So important, right? To read through. There's so many prophecies of the crucifixion of oh, Christ. I know it. it's, read it's the amazing. prophecy, mm-hmm. then read the fulfillment. And I love Isaiah because if you notice, it's all written in the past tense. It hadn't happened yet wow. when it was written, right. but it's written in the past tense. It's like it's got slain since the foundation of the world. Mm. And and I think that's so amazing. And that's the goodness of our God. Yes. That he had it planned from the very beginning. I mean, he tells Satan, you're going to go on your belly, you know, as the serpent. And this woman, she's going to be saved by the childbearing, and, but her in seed Genesis. shall save. Yes. yes. I mean, thousands of years before. Right. And I think, you know, we prepare for Easter, right? We do. Oh, oh you get maybe Easter baskets for your kids or you prepare cute a dress. Feast, cute dress. Oh, hat, <laughs> shoes, the whole nine yards, right? Coles, discount. <laughs> Feasts, right? You prepare oh, your yes. meal. We prepare, we plan, we prepare. But let's prepare our hearts. Amen. Let's be in the gospels. Let's read the crucifixion, the resurrection. Let's read of the Great Commission. You know, one thing that we did as a family every Good Friday, the four of us in our home, is we would, of course, read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29, and we'd have communion together. That's beautiful. Just intimate. Now, right. if you don't have anyone in your home... Get some of your friends. Yes. Get together. Have intimate Do it through communion. Zoom. Do it. Hey, however. modern. Yes. <laughs> and sit there. And, and then what I think is super important, if you're reading the one-year Bible or reading through a, a one-year reading plan, however, um, you're in Deuteronomy now. And Deuteronomy is a recap. 
Moses recaps everything for the nation, right? Because yes. um, it's time to to go over, to recount God's faithfulness, to remember, to remind them of what they were called to do. So my encouragement is for each one of us is to write our story, to write our times of joy, our times of sorrow, to write our healing, to write our provision that God it. had for us, times where he spoke to our hearts, that mm-hmm. he ministered to us, that he led us, that he held us, recount recount his faithfulness, remember, and then praise and show his faithfulness and then share that with your family. Share that with your friend. Look at how God has been faithful. Remember when dad didn't have a job Mm -hmm. and he provided? You know, I'm going to share a quick story. I know we're almost out of time. Um, Recount your story of God's faithfulness in your life and recognize his faithfulness even when you rejected him. Personalize the scriptures. Take this psalm. Take the Psalm 118. His his steadfast love endures forever. And then put your, your, your God story, story in, there. in there. Yes. So when I was a child, you know, my mom was not yet saved. And I was an infant. And I was very, very ill. And um, I had pneumonia, I had asthma, and I was so sick. My mom says, of course, I don't remember. I was an infant. I was a few months old. Um, I couldn't even lift my head. Oh, my word. And my mom, it was her anniversary, Mm -hmm. and she was praying over me, praying over me. She was quite concerned, asking God, if you are real, Mm. heal my daughter. Wow. And so she fell asleep. And when she woke up, I was sitting up and playing, and I I had never been ill. (laughs) I love it. God moved in my life, in my health, to draw my mom unto himself. That's beautiful. But, and that's, you know, a part of her God story, but it's yes. also a part of mine, yes. right? And so start, and it might start at a few months old, like my story starts, and show, write, remember, encourage yourself in how God has been faithful to you. And don't discount the days of the seed planting and the days of the small things like you mentioned before. My husband, Chuck, he had shared the gospel. He got saved and he shared the gospel with one of his uncles. And of course, his uncle didn't want to have anything to do with it. Well, his uncle recently passed away. Well, when he was in the hospital, he told him, I remember when you came over Mm. and you were talking to me about Jesus and Chuck didn't even remember. But he remembered. Those seeds. And he, he... Accepted the Lord as he's, you know, before he passed away, accepted the Lord. But he said, you were right. I should have listened then. And so on that note, as Easter is approaching, at this time of year, there are many people that are open. They will receive an invitation to church. So if you know somebody who is not in fellowship, invite them if they don't know Jesus, you know, if or someone who maybe has backslidden or has fallen out of fellowship, invite them, encourage them. I love it. Come with them. Bring someone who does not know the Lord. I think I think if we truly believed what we say we believe, we'd be all about it. Look because, at Noah. Get right. in the boat. Come. Come. Please. <laughs> yeah. And they rejected and they rejected. And if mm. the people reject and turn you down a hundred okay. times, that's okay. Yeah, Plant that's that right. seed. Yes. Plant that seed because God's word never turns back void. And as you recount the Lord's faithfulness in your own life, reaffirm your commitment to him. Mm, that's Reaffirm. beautiful. Wow. You know, may yes. it be a, a day of remembrance. Like a vow renewal. Like a vow renewal. That's so good. You know? And, and we need those things. We do. Because for those of us that have been Christian a while, you know, we can get stagnant. We can get in a groove. You know, we can read through our Bible in a year and this is my groove and this is what I do. But we need the hymns. We need to sing about the blood. We need to recount his faithfulness. We need to put our name in Isaiah 53. I love how you did that. Friends, we are so blessed that you're here. 
Do not forget to like and subscribe. You can watch it on various platforms, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Share it with your friends. Invite someone to church this Easter. Look on your calendar, circle the date, and invite someone. We're at Calvary Montclair on Holt Boulevard. You can see it on our Instagram. has the address or any of the platforms, Facebook, our website, cmontclair.com. Come to our church. We'd love to have you. Our brother, Ruben Meza, who leads worship, would love to have you. Pastor Joe, Diane, myself, we want to meet you. You could say, hey, I got the invite on the podcast. There you go. We would love to see you. So God bless you. Ready your heart for Easter and just have a wonderful day. All I want.